0: listening to takedowns to breakdowns answer so let's answer that question because i didn't get a full answer from you how much would people hate you if you had bruce buffer do a fight introduction on mic for your wedding for you coming down uh like like imagine it's a wedding (laughs) it's like it's full-on like beautiful soft music like the right (laughs) and then and and like it's the whole fucking thing, and then it just gets quiet, and then you like you're there with your groomsman just waiting, and before she comes down, Bruce Buffer takes the mic and stands right next to you and goes. And now this is the moment you have all been waiting for. Sponsored sponsored by tonight. Sponsored by Miller Light. Every night is Miller time. Introducing first to my left out of the blue corner. I see. Here's the Weighing thing: weigh in I think, at one, <laughs> five, nine, and 190 pounds. is a professional record of 33 and two losses: <laughs> 33 wins, two losses, one no contest.
1: <laughs> Dude, I think it'd be more interesting if, like, it was playing that sappy cliche music in the beginning. <laughs> have all the bridesmaids come down, right? Then as soon as the brides uh, getting ready to come down, they play that old school UFC intro song from like 2006. Oh, bring the Pain? Like, Yes, and
0: and the bride's just
1: running with her father, like
0: (laughs) doing like a light jog. Yeah, no, no, even better. There's video. There's like there's like there's like a TV screen, and it shows the backstage (laughs) footage, and she's doing like she's doing shadow striking. Even better. <laughs> or even better, her father's got, like, like focus mitts on, and she's yep, doing, like, yep. combos, like, pop, 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 <laughs> And then you get, you just get, like, some uh, some audio of, like, John Anik and Joe Rogan. Just, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, keep going, I, oh keep going. God. So, yeah, so, so, yep. do we have that. So, we have her, we have her doing some shadow boxing and doing some focus work in the back.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and then uh, and then she. But here's the thing: like, she has to look the part, right? So like, she's got the the sweats on, like the like the windbreaker or something. She's got the hoodie on. She's coming down, you know. She's doing that light jog. She's you know fist pumping the the crowd on either side.
0: You know, she's coming down. <laughs> oh, wait, and wait, then it wait, comes wait, wait, wait. Down. Are they playing music? Are they playing music at this point or no? They're
1: still playing that intro. <laughs> They're still playing that intro. <laughs> it's still happening. That's a long ass song. It's not like a thirty second song, right? Yeah. So they finally get to where the groom is, but. The uh, it wouldn't be a priest; it'd be like a uh, uh, a, 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 what do they call a referee? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, or some, whoever is le- legally able to marry someone, like a an ordained minister or something, right? But like they're dressed up as like a like a, a ref. like a ref or something, and uh there she goes stripping down, but instead she has the wedding dress on underneath. <laughs> So she's like getting the part on, you know, yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. the veil on or whatever. She's oh like, yeah, her okay. corner
0: are, are the bridesmaids. They're prepping her up. Like,
1: yes, yeah, exactly. She has to like and, do know, like the she's hugging and kissing everyone. everything. She, she, she has to do that. the
0: grease checks, so she has her hands out and they're checking like the top of her arms and the bottom of her arms. <laughs> 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 they 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 do the they do the mouth check, so she has to like show like a mouth guard. She's uh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and then God. and then like she does like the whole like dap. She like daps and like hugs every single individual one bride. <laughs> yes yeah
1: that's exactly it right like it like when she goes out she unveils the the wedding the wedding dress yeah.
0: yes exactly and then the whole oh time the God. groom is just hopping left and right just yep. like 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 you're in the other corner just getting ready <laughs> yeah. like you're yeah. oddly, like you're in the blue corner just waiting just waiting yep. just
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> it's Dude, that would be something, though. And then, like, yeah, like you were saying, then Bruce Buffer goes in. He does his thing, you know. And at the red quarter, and at the blue quarter. Yeah. And, but the, the whole thing is, like, that's part of the ceremony, right? And then <laughs> no, they, they get their announcements. They come. They meet yeah, yeah. in the center. It's just like fighters. And then
0: the ref. Fighters meet in the middle, and, like, they come Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's when the ref slash ordained minister kind of says like all right i need you to do to keep it clean you're gonna kiss each other yeah. you're gonna, I, pro- I now pronounce you husband and wife you may now touch lips and then
0: they just go in for the kiss and then no no, no you say you say like uh i went over the rules in the back uh, yep we went, over, we went over the rules in the back like uh no low blows we have a fair fight yeah, no, yeah. let's have a good time uh you guys can uh, kiss if you want let's go
1: and like <laughs> like you kiss we are family will be played at least once.
0: Yep. During the reception, no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the bride and groom kiss, like, when when both the bride and groom step back, it's just done. That's it. Yeah. And then, like, the music goes to, like, the music when they walk back out, like, when the bride and groom walks back up the aisle. To get, yep. And it's just done. It blows people's minds, because they're just, this is a funny gag. Then they go, wait a minute. That was the fucking ceremony? That was the fucking ceremony? <laughs> Dude. <laughs>
1: Anybody out there listening who's looking to get married and is a huge MMA fan, you're welcome. Yeah. And you can you
0: can keep that one. That would be wonderful. I would I kind of wish I kind of wish I saw that happen somewhere. That's oh that's such God. a good idea. Holy shit. That's such a good fucking idea. <laughs> 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 yeah, also yeah. for those wondering, uh if you wanted to, Bruce Buffer on his website, like brucebuffer.com, will do customized fighter intros and custom wedding intros. So you can go pay Bruce Buffer with a credit card to do a live, like a, an actual fight audio track of what he announces. And you can fucking have that shit played at any point for anything. So if you want to... Worth every penny. Yeah, I think it's worth every penny. Every penny. I think it's totally worth it. Um, I feel like I sent you a lot of stuff since we last spoke. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Jesse Jess and her pay? Do you want to start with Michael Chandler getting signed? Do you want to start with the picture of John Jones training at heavyweight? Do you want to start with the Apollo Costa Israel Adesanya uh, this weekend? The fight this weekend? Do you want to talk about Daniel Cormier retiring? Do you want to talk about like what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Tell me. Tell me. Actually, it's actually the
1: one thing that you mentioned that I didn't get was the John Jones one. Uh, but I was going to ask you about this uh, Mike Chandler guy i never heard of him i looked at the photo though of him flexing and holy fucking shit uh who is this dude
0: michael chandler is a savage he's a fucking savage he's a lightweight fighter from bellator and he's been a the cream of the creme de la creme of bellator especially a lightweight for a while now he's been the lightweight world champion three times He's had um, so like three sec- three reigns, right? Um, mm. He had two successful title defenses then one and then three successful uh, title defenses like overall. Um, he was the Bellator season four lightweight tournament championship um, champion. Um, he has the most submission victories in Bellator. He's an incredible wrestler. He's an incredible wrestler. Um, I mean he's also on a nasty striker. I-, I don't know if I sent you the highlight of his last fight um where he knocked out Ben Henderson? I don't know if you no, I don't no. know if you remember uh Benson Henderson. Uh, I remember him. Yeah. Um he got Hendr- I'm pretty sure it was a knockout on Henderson um by Chandler. Uh Chandler has the most wins in Bellator Lightweight Division history at 15. He has the most title bouts in Bellator MMA history ever uh, at 11. Um wow. he has the most stoppage wins in Bellator in Lightweight Division at 10. He has the most stoppage wins in Bellator MMA history at 13. Um he's tied for most wins in Bellator MMA history at 18 wins. Um he's he's a savage. He's a fucking savage that people have always said, what can he do in the UFC and what kind of damage can he do? And
1: so now my question up. is, did he I obviously money was a big part of the the transition but is it also because you think he was seeking more like he you, you felt you feel like maybe there was no other competition there was nothing no. else to prove
0: in bellator i i think i think there might be a little bit of that because he is that good um but i think also part of it is the exposure of the ufc bellator has paid him very well and he's made a very good living off of his uh his career in bellator but the mm-hmm. eyeballs of your uh, on your name in the UFC, you can't compare. So I, th- I personally think Chandler came to the UFC a little bit for the challenge of how, how do I stack up against the lightweight division fighters in UFC? On top of their UFC's paying him pretty well. And the other f- factor here is my name is now tied to the UFC on top of Bellator. So I have even more eyes and more mainstream appeal to my brand. So, it's a business move. He's 34, so he's not young. So, he doesn't have a lot of career moves left.
1: Great. You know, he doesn't, but uh I mean, after seeing that promo shot or whatever it was from Reddit, uh the first thing I thought of was TJ Dillashaw. Like he's TJ shredded. Like I don't think there was he, an ounce of body fat on that dude And for lightweight.
0: Yeah. Dude. Yeah. He's he's a beast. He's a fucking beast. Well, He's a NCAA division All-American wrestler. Um, he's a Big 12 conference champion runner-up for two years. Um, he's a beast, man. He's a, he's a fucking beast. He's, he's a total savage. He's got nine knockout wins. He's got seven submission wins. Like, the dude finishes. He knocked out Benson Henderson with a KO at Bellator 243 back at the beginning of August. Um, he knocked out uh, Sydney Outlaw with knockout punches at Bellator 237. Uh, he he's dude. It's it's a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a guy who can come in and make some serious noise. So I'm pumped. I'm fucking pumped. Um, I'm curious though how he stacks up in the UFC. I'm very curious. I don't think yeah. I don't think he's beyond his prime. I think he's still doing. Great, I think he's still a total savage, and that's not uh, mistaken. Um, but hmm. think about the division he's in. He he's in he's in the the savage division. He's in a division with Habib Nurmagomedov, who's the champion. Right, Justin Gaethje, who's interim champion, with Dustin Poirier at number Poirier. two and Tony Ferguson at three and Dan Hooker at four and Conor McGregor and Charles Oliveira and Paul Felder and Diego Friera and Ali Aquinta and Kevin Lee, like. Was in Islam Makachev, you know, Gregor Galipsi. with Cowboy Cerrone, with uh, 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 um, all these guys? That's a savage division. That's a savage yeah. division. So, him coming in, I think he's got to have a top ten fight off the bat. I think him versus Charles Oliveira would be fantastic. Charles Charles Oliveira is ranked number six, so. That's fair enough. Him coming in facing number 6, Charles Oliveira, slick submission game, really really nasty striking game, good pressure, um great footwork. I think that's a good challenge to see where he stands. It puts him at the top of the of the bottom of the the bottom 5, like from rank 6 through 10. It puts him at 6. It puts him at the bottom of the top 5, you know what I mean? Like right mm. outside of that. So I think that's a great place to put him see how he stacks up against that. I think if you want to be really kind to him, you give him Kevin Lee. And you say, "Okay, here's Kevin Lee. I got a prospect who's kind of come out of come out of his shell. He's kind of figuring his footing out. He's understanding his uh his his coaching situation and his training situation. He went through a lot of personal turbulence. Um I, I, with uh, his coach and everything like that, like his coach passed away mm-hmm. and everything. So like Let's see how. Like, we could throw you against a like a blue chip kind of guy like Kevin Lee. We can see what happens. Granted, a lot of people may say Kevin Lee is done for because of his up and down inconsistencies, but I think Kevin Lee still offers enough threats um, that you could see what like how Michael Chandler does. But I feel like that's giving Chandler kind of a bone. I think giving Michael Chandler Kevin Lee is kind of a soft entry. It's a here is a guy you should beat. But you could lose to him. Compared to Charles Oliveira, which is, here's a guy who we can see beating you. So let's see how this goes. I think that's a better fight. But that's going to be super exciting. That's going to be super interesting to see. Um, yeah, I, I think I think. I think that would be a good fight because at the same time, you can't give him anybody in the top five. You can't give him Khabib because Khabib's lining up against Justin Gaethje. You can't give him yeah. Dustin Poirier because Dustin Poirier is trying to line up against Tony Ferguson. You can't give him Dan Hooker because Dan Hooker is also trying to like line up for uh, to be the replacement for the Tony Ferguson fight. Connor is quote-unquote retired, so there's nobody else there. So you're going to have to face somebody else. And I think anybody mm. in the bottom five, like the bottom 15 – so, like, uh, Benil Dariush, Islam Makachev. Well, Makachev would be a good challenge. Gregor Gilepsy is a strong wrestler. Um, that would be that, that. would be entertaining. Drew Dober, Cowboy. I, I think Chandler kind of comes out on top against most of those guys. But I could also just be on the hype train for Michael Chandler because I'm just, like, salivating at the idea of him finally being here. So that could also just be me. Yeah.
1: But- now, it- Khabib's next fight,
0: Justin he, Gaethje.
1: Yeah, is he retiring
0: after that, whether he wins or loses? Um, no, I think he said he's not going to retire after Justin Gaethje. I think he said he's got one or two more after that. Oh, after that, okay. I think, I think because he still wants to line up against GSP. Oh, I see. I think, I think, I think Nurmagomedov really puts GSP on a pedestal. Like and like, it's kind of like a Michael Jordan thing. Like that is the Michael Jordan of 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 MMA to me. And if I could fight him, that's a history making historical thing for me in my life. If I can fight GSP. Now GSP, I show I showed you he's officially an analyst up for TSN or not TSN RDS yes. I think it is. Um, the yeah. Quebec Quebecois show uh, station up in uh, Quebec, Canada. So mm-hmm. GSP. I mean, I've also sent you plenty of GSP things where he's just doing backflips, <laughs> like yeah, dude is still in shape. The dude is one hundred percent still active, totally yep. training and still active, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's that far. Also, he's looking thin, so a part of me thinks that GSP has been testing how low his weight can go where he can still maintain explosiveness, cardio, and and strength. I think he's. I, I personally think GSP has been testing it. And just hasn't said anything. Mm. If I had to be, if I had to guess, I think he's trying to line up for a final fight for Khabib's final fight. That's what I had. That if I had to think about it, that's what I would say. Just based off of the evidence to see how much weight GSP has been cutting, um, all the fasting he's been doing for his health, all the training he keeps up on, uh, he's he's not slowing down. So a part of me thinks that. He's lining this up. He's 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 testing inside his own camp of, can I make a catch weight? And if I can, what's my performance levels at the catch weight? And I think that's what he's been doing. Okay. If I had to guess.
1: Now, I, I know I've mentioned my opinion on this whole thing before. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know, I know. I just, I don't think it's fair to the to the ufc i don't think it's fair oh come I, on I, you wouldn't want to well, see the <sighs> retirement fight of both gsp and habib but that's the thing how many he's another one though how many time listen you know you and i are the biggest gsp fans if anything he's the highest on the pedestal when it comes to all of our favorite fighters but it's literally at the point where i'm thinking this is what he does though The guy will no. He'll he'll go in for one fight, and then retire for a couple years, and then just come back. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this one fight, and that is
0: it. And then he's back in. No, I think he's done after that because he's he's in his mid thirties. GSP's career is like, like he's come out and said like, if I never fight again, I'm real happy with what I've done. That's it. I don't I I don't need to come back, but I think to give a, the only unbeaten MMA fighter his first loss is the final nail is the final is the final stake in the in in the statue of greatest fighter of all time the goat status for GSP's plaque cuz i think that okay. cements him as the GSP, as the as the goat you you can't deny it at that point champ champ fighter longest like title reign like successful title reign, beat Habib Nurmagomedov in a retirement fight, where they both just said they will retire afterwards. He got, he gave the un, the unbeaten fighter his first loss. He's the guy who beat Mayweather. Like imagine if Connor was the guy to give Mayweather his 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 loss, his only loss. That's history in the books, forever. GSP could yeah. do that and then say, yeah, that's it. I am the greatest. You cannot beat my legacy. <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting chills. See, about that's that. what I'm saying. You would watch it. You would 100% watch it. I would probably fucking buy it. If they came out and GSP and Habib agreed, we're going to have one last fight of our careers, and then we're both done. And it's going to be a catchweight fight. Habib's going up. I'm going down. And we're going to meet in the middle. And we're going to fight at, like, I don't know, 160, 165. We're going to meet there. Well, it can't be 165. I don't know. I don't know what they would do, but we're going to meet in a midweight catch, uh, a catchweight fight. And that's it. Our legacies are on the line. That's pretty much it. Mm. Imagine, Question. imagine that. Imagine GSP winning. He has his hands raised. End of round four, it's over. Or even more crazy, end of round five, it goes to Decision. Oh, my God. The anxiety. Seeing him standing there <laughs> with the ref holding both of the wrists, waiting. Yeah, Seats. I mean, it,
1: it It does sound exciting, Ooh, man.
0: who it does.
1: I'm just trying to think of a, a not well-rested GSP, though. Like, imagine if he was still in the Walter welterweight division, active in the business, and then decided, you know what? Let me try... Lightweight.
0: Nah, that wouldn't work. That's my point. <laughs> that wouldn't work. But a fully rested, super trained, healed up, like training regimen verified, because he's been testing training regimen. Dude, it's perfect. It's perfect.
1: I'd say to, for that to be a fear fight, H- uh, fair fight, Habib has to fight. be. No, no, listen. Habib needs. The same amount of time off, and he needs to be well-rested the as well. I need two... I want two well-rested fighters a fair fight. going up against each other.
0: A fair fight. I think you're giving GSP a lot of credit. I think you're forgetting the monster that is Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's... But that's
1: what This is what a guy I'm who saying. knocked
0: down Conor McGregor. Right. This is a guy who ragdolled Dustin Poirier. Uh. This is a guy who we've seen talking to guys as he beats them.
1: <laughs> True, but look what GSP did to someone bigger than him.
0: Yes, in but look weight. at the damage he took. He didn't... I don't think Khabib's ever been he cut. T- he took... Khabib's, t- yeah, you Khabib's know never been Here, cut in a fight.
1: You know, <laughs> here's the thing, right? It's like, how much of that was scar tissue that just reopened? For GSP? But then also... Yeah. But then also... It's like, yeah, he it looks bad... But he took those shots pretty well. He did. I mean, and Bisping's
0: you know Bisping's what I mean? a beast. Like visually
1: it, it, it's like what's his name? The uh Frankie Edgar, right? I mean, that guy looks like shit every time. <laughs> but it's just because, you know what, he's a sense he's got a sensitive face. That's what we'll call it. He's got he suffers from sensitive face. Same with
0: the Diaz brothers.
1: It exactly. And it's like as soon as you just like give them a slap, yes. all of a sudden their
0: eyebrows are bleeding. True. You know, true. But don't forget Bisping punches like a motherfucker. This yeah. being is a nasty boxer who worked with Jason Perillo and knocked out Luke Rockhold on like a last minute notice to grab yeah. the championship. I mean, you, you can't put that down that he was also a bigger guy, too.
1: Oh, sure. I think George that's beat, what I'm saying. I think though, George like, beat like, him on
0: technique. I mean, again, we've talked about how you look in the corner of GSP of that fight. It's just, Jesus Christ, that corner. <laughs> Oh we-
1: yeah, it was like the gods of mountain lift. <laughs> yeah, the
0: gods like the gods of martial arts were just standing behind him. It's just, How, yeah. how am I gonna beat this guy? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna outbox him when Freddie Roach is analyzing my boxing. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: like, that's- that was such an intimidating photo. Oh my god. Yeah,
0: I'm not. I'm gonna just beat him with jujitsu on the ground when John Danaher's just <laughs> like calmly talking to, to GSP about what to do about how to rip my arms off. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> George, what you want to do is you want to put your left arm underneath. That's it, George. Good, good job, George. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> like, the head of the Danaher death squad in your corner with Freddie Roach critiquing and analyzing your boxing. And then on top of that, you have Ferasa Hobby, one of the best MMA coaches of the game, breaking down your entire corner. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's real confidence inspiring for me if I had to go out against that shit. Like, I'm <laughs> curious if he's going to have the same corner. For this fight, why would why wouldn't he? Who, um, if GSP fought Habib? Mm-hmm. why wouldn't he? I don't know, man. I'm just saying, have the greatest, one of the greatest BJJ guys, boxing guys, MMA guys in your corner. Fuck it, maybe he'll grab the greatest wrestling coach. <laughs> maybe he'll find him and just be like, hey, I need your help breaking down Khabib's game, and he'll just have that guy in his corner too. So you just have a corner of a of of elite. <laughs> Assassins, elite gods of, of martial arts. And it's just okay. Fuck. We're probably not gonna outwit this guy because he has the best coaches and the best minds of their of their respective arts in his corner telling him what to do. So we're just gonna have to just go for broke on this one. Fuck. Like
1: what are we gonna- I'm just waiting for someone to walk out in their corners like Jackie Chan. In like the in like the Iron Sheik wrestling, just some like just some like superstars as they're and you're like wait what what oh,
0: man. yeah dude see mm. it's exciting like I want to see I don't want to because I'm not pining for it but if I found out that they were doing it GSP Khabib retirement fight early next year or mid mid next year. Catch weight, I'm buying it. I'm probably buying it to watch to to see the last GSP fight ever and to see if he gives the unbeatable MMA fighter the only unbeaten fighter of our time and he gives him his only loss.
1: God damn it, you persuaded me. (laughs) Now I'm looking forward to it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're on my side. But put that in perspective. Like, imagine Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Mm. First of all, we Justin Gaethje versus Nurmagomedov. Gaethje versus Nurmagomedov is just a mind fuck in itself. Because you saw yeah. how Gaethje handled Tony Ferguson. Which was insane. Oh, yeah. I've never seen somebody fight. I've never seen him fight like that. I've never seen Justin Gaethje fight like that. And then he fought like that. And it's just, he found multiple levels somehow that he jumped to in an ability and it's just whoa I didn't realize he was this tactical oh fuck what is this I thought this was the berserker the blood god who just wanted to go out for broke and now he's saying no I actually want to win the champion. I'm going to start trying now and being serious and stop having fun as much fun as it is to you know just go for the blood I just want to get the win and I want to get the belt so it's time to be Mm. serious about that and it's just what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yep. Oof. Yeah, man. I, you Oof. know when it, when when that time comes. And he's going up against Khabib. He better start appreciating his wrestling skills again. <laughs> at least, at, at least for defense. I uh, seriously, I that pit, dude that fucking pisses me off so much. It's like you went and mastered, like you became death itself when it came to wrestling. Like I've seen the footage you sent me in the past. He just he sent that people. dude's soul down to hell. He's just throwing like,
0: people and thrashing them down. Yeah,
1: but then it's like, nah, I'd rather brawl.
0: Sprawl and brawl, baby. I mean, he
1: better either go in quick and start throwing punches, or he better get back with that wrestling. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that fight goes.
0: I think, I think 100 percent. Number goes for a takedown in the first minute. I believe it. I think so. Hugs the legs. Do what he does best. I think, I think, I think so. Yeah, he ends up, he ends up like bottle, body locking the, uh, the legs down. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, once that fight gets closer, we could talk about the insanity of 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 that kind of matchup. But sure. Oh man! 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 Oh, man. Oh, man. So now you mentioned John
1: Jones. Um, I did not get that John Jones. text that you had sent me. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, is is he looking impressive or anything? Because I'll tell you what, the last is, match I saw him in for light heavyweight. He had a little pudge. He had a li- he had uh he had that muffin top happening and I you know
0: yeah, that's uh Yeah, he's looking thick. He's looking Yeah. Thicky thick. Thick like a milkshake thick. Just are, thick. Now, in are, the are, face. are we talking like uh thick in the face? Are we talking fat <laughs> thick in the <laughs> fat jacked thick in the neck. No, 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 like DC. No. No, no, no. But okay. he's looking thick. He's not looking jacked. Like remember when he was suspended? I, I don't I forget if it was for drugs or DUI or If it was, like, a a felony. I I forget what it was because there's so many with him. But it was one of those times when he was out for an indefinite period and he was powerlifting at the time. He looked bigger then, I think. He looked more powerful then. He just looks Hmm. thick now. Just thick. Okay. You know what I mean? He just... Like, you know what I mean, right? Like, when you get a milkshake, I hope it's not often because milkshakes are one of the worst fucking things for you on this goddamn planet. I don't do milkshakes, yeah. But um, you get a milkshake and it's in this sleek paper cup, right? Like this white cup with like a lid. But then when you open the lid, it's thick. It's just (laughs) thick. But it's inside this sleek, smooth, like perfectly round cup. But inside, it's gotcha. just the thickness. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. When I saw John Jones, when I saw a picture of out him there. after training uh, at Jackson Wink, um, boy, looks thick. I'm interested to see his introduction to heavyweight because heavyweight is has always been this weird, this weird land of old veteran guys who get knocked out easily. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, yep. and right now, you have Stipe as the champ. You have Francis Ngannou as the number one contender. Curtis Blades, the, judo- the judoka guy, um, mm-hmm. the judo guy at number... I think he's judo, at number two. You have Rosenstrike at number three. Derek Lewis at number four. Alistair Overeem at number five. Um, the back five... Eh, back five is Alexander Volkov, Junior Dos Santos, Walt Harris, Shamil... Abdurakhimov, I can't, I can't say his last name, and Augusto Sakai. So, like, who do you throw him up against? Yeah. Like, I, I, he beats he beats Derek Lewis. I think he beats Alistair over Overeem. So right there, there's number four and five. So you got to give him one, two, or three. And Francis is probably.
1: You, you already know he's gonna get. He he's probably gonna get that Francis fight for sure. To to assume he'll get a title shot, I think, is going too far, but I, I think he'll face the number one.
0: Stepping in against Francis fucking Nagano?
1: Absolutely. I'm actually curious as to how much weight he's going to put on because, like we discussed in the past, I, my theory is he's going to obviously bulk up, but he's not going to get to the max.
0: I think John Jones beats Francis Naganu.
1: Oh, no, that's fine. Like but I see I that, think, I see
0: that happening. I see. I can already see the leg kicks. I can see the teeps. I can see him stepping out real quick. I can see him circling a lot. I can see him. I can one hundred percent see John Jones beating Francis Ngannou.
1: So can I, but I don't see him beating him at two sixty five. Is what I'm saying. I could see him maybe going up to two twenty, maybe two thirty. I feel like. An extra 30 pounds from there, it's he's losing speed.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we, we talked about that. We talked about that. Yeah. I think you're right about that. I think you make a good point, and I think you're accurate in that point. But at the same time, though, is he able to keep the speed that he needs cardio-wise at heavyweight against guys like Curtis Blades, against guys like Stipe? Granted, there's not a lot of guys like that, because a lot of guys at heavyweight like, like to throw, you know, mm-hmm. they like to throw down. Stepe is a, a a beast. stepe has got cardio, he's got wrestling, he's got footwork, he's got headwork. He was able to not get KO'd by Francis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he strikes well, he knocks guys out, you know? The only thing I, I don't think we've seen him really do is submit people. But you don't really see yeah. that, that often in heavyweight anyways, so... Yo, imagine if we see that shit. Imagine if we see like Imagine if we see uh John Jones come in and just start fucking choking everybody out.
1: Submitting guys and everything. Yeah, that that would be crazy.
0: That'd be some shit. That'd be some shit. I I was intrigued by the picture cuz he looked thicker than he did jacked. Which makes me wonder how he's going through his bulk cycle. Like, what's, he, what's his goal with his bulk cycle? I don't know what he's doing. Because when he was powerlifting, he was posting a lot of powerlifting. He was posting a lot of footage. And we saw yep. how massive he fucking was. So, I don't know. So, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what that experiment is like. I'm kind of curious about that experiment. I'm kind of curious.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to Google the photo right now. Of him training. Is it him
0: doing uh No, it's a still. It's a picture with him and Holly Holm. Oh, him and Holly Holm. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Nate Diaz has been dropped to 13th place in the rankings. Damn, Nate Diaz. What? what the fuck? Yeah, Nate Diaz is at number 13, right above Anthony Pettis at 14 and Robbie Lawler at 15. By the way, speaking of rankings, um, did you see what happened to Tyron Woodley? Uh, no, no, he just fought on Saturday.
1: No, I, I didn't see what happened against to
0: him. number one contender Colby Covington. Colby won, right? Yeah, TKO. Uh, I think I, I heard the results, but I don't know the details fourth or fifth round uh colby took down tyron on the cage and was uh grounding and pounding was just transitioning and then tyron just woodley just stopped and started yelling like my my rib my rib my rib and he just like gave up and well not gave up but he basically was tko'd by his rib injury okay so colby won by TKO. wow I don't know if you saw the comments on Reddit or MMA Twitter, but Woodley was getting ripped apart. No shit. Oh, yeah. like The amount of people that want... Even Dana came out and said, I want Woodley to retire if that's how you're going to fight. Just, you're done.
1: Wow. Yeah, because that's not like him whatsoever. Woodley didn't throw punches.
0: Woodley didn't go for takedowns. Woodley just backed up to the cage like he usually does and then just... Try to overhand right, like try to do a KO throw, and then he would just like step back to the cage and keep his back to the cage. Um, Yeah, I mean, his coach, Din Thomas, made a really good statement where that made the, that circled, it made the rounds. But Din Thomas was saying at some point in a fighter's career, once you get older, you see the guy across the cage and you realize you'd rather be taking the guy out to dinner rather than trying to kill him okay and that's a problem and you need to learn you need to relearn how to view that person across that guy across the cage and realize that you need to kill him you need to eat his eyeballs you need to like fucking go at him you can't just be like oh it's this guy that i don't have any bad feelings for and i would rather just hang out with him than actually have to try to hurt him are they close are they like civil who colby and uh woodley yeah no not at all oh but I, w- I would 100% get that. How many times did I put, like, like, how many times did I step off the gas in training with you and other, and just in general of just, and getting yelled at, like, you got to go for it. And it's just, I don't want to hurt him. I know it hurts.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just, well, you got to hurt him anyways. That's the point. That's why we're here. Hurt each other. Tap out if it hurts.
1: Well, I guess when it's your job and you're literally showing up to get paid that day, I mean, it's not like it's it. they were sparring, you know? Like, they were literally, like, fighting... Because it's their job to do so.
0: Right. Speaking of that, so, did you see the Jesse Jess fight? Uh, I did not see the fight, oh, but I did Okay, so let me tell you... See, you, okay. you, you saw the paycheck that, that I sent you where she has 15 yes. bucks in her checking account despite <laughs> yeah. winning. Let me tell you what happened in the fight. She's beaten the fuck out of this girl. Just... Jessie looks amazing since she, like, got her mind right with therapy and has been eating clean and she's been training her ass off. She's been, like, fine-tuning her Muay Thai. She's, she's a fucking beast. She fucks this girl up bad on the cage. This girl drops down. She gets, like, I think it was an elbow. And the okay. girl drops down because she's just getting pummeled. As she's dropping, Jessie just throws a knee right out of her face. And just, like, blows her face up (laughs) while she's going... Yes. So, here's the thing. The ref jumps in and stopped it thinking it was an illegal blow. Because, technically, if her butt's on the ground, it was an illegal knee to the face. Okay. It was not. So, because of that, Jesse Jess gets called back over... They resume positions where this girl's just <laughs> sitting on the ground against the cage, and the ref goes, "Okay, we're back at it and fight." And Jesse just, Jess just, just, just smears this girl's blood around a third of the octagon until the ref's finally like, "Yeah, I think it's done." You know, like maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should have stopped this originally when the girl ate a knee to the face and it blew her face off. But um, I think it's done now. I definitely think it's done now. It was brutal it was brutal it was it was one of those things where it was just the the commentators were saying this is bad they should have stopped this originally I don't know what this is I don't know what this ref is doing it was so bad that Dana White was standing next to the cage he got up from his seat walked up to the cage so he could just he could glare this ref down until the fight was over because he wow. was just like are you fucking kidding me so, yeah, wow. it was bad. So, Jesse just fucked this girl up. Shit. Well, good for her, I guess. Great for her. But
1: 15 bucks. But you that- know what? I read that article, and I could have sworn and said that's what she had before she got paid, not after. But nonetheless, it's like once these guys get their paychecks, which already isn't like Conor McGregor money. It's like $30,000. But I mean, how much is that going towards their manager, towards their fighting camps? They got to pay off all these trainers, nutritionists, you know, managers. And it's like how right, and then and that's in that thirty grand is before
0: taxes. That top and that. that's like thirty grand total. I think when you're on the prelims, you get ten and ten or fifteen and fifteen. Yeah. So that's like thirty thousand total. Now, granted, she's in a very unique situation. She was injured. She had a, uh, I think it was a leg injury, leg or arm injury. I forget which one. I think it was a leg injury. Yeah, it was a leg injury. She had a leg injury, whether it was her foot or ankle or her leg or something. But she (laughs) had an injury where she was out. So she was was inactive for a bit, right? Which is fine. But at the same time, I don't know. We don't need to breach into the politics of the bureaucracy of finance when it comes to fighters being quote unquote athletes like contractors, athlete contractors for the UFC. Mm. But it's it's weird it's a weird area that always gets brought up in situations like this where you have somebody putting their health on the line for $30,000. Which I I get as a choice, right? You know, like freedom America, you can do what you want. So I get that, but at the same time it, 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 this is what I mean by the politics of it. It's it's hard to have the conversation without approaching the bigger conversation about economics within politics, the politics of like our country, which is hard mm-hmm. to say because this goes directly into, you know, like universal basic income. It's just, it's like, oh, you want to be, I don't know, you want to work at Starbucks. Well, guess what? You're going to be making X amount of dollars per hour, and you should never have more than X amount in your bank account because that's what you're capped at. And it's just, yeah, you're you're like the system is is like functioning in a way to kind of keep that person trapped in a certain economic bubble, which you know we always say, you know. America so free, do what you want, and work so hard you can make millions. It's just well, no, that's an anomaly. There's a reason why there's only one Conor McGregor, and it's because yeah. that's an anomaly. That's not like the standard of how the system works. So it's hard to look at the shining example and say, "Well, look at all you other, look at you top fifteen ranked fighters for this one division. You should all be making hundreds of thousands if you just hustled hard enough." Just get better endorsements and sponsorships and make yourself more likable and market yourself better and have better social media and you should get better advertisements and make sure you have the proper endorsements to open up your your brand to better markets and that way you can have more viewership and that gives you more pull and weight when it comes to contract negotiations with the UFC and it's just that's not a realistic thing for every single fighter on, on the roster. That's just right. not how that works. Like Here's a perfect example. Do you think it's easy for, uh, let's see, for Lauren Murphy to aver- advertise herself to have the brand name recognition and to have similar paychecks to somebody like, I don't know, Derek Lewis? No, there's yeah, that, major no. differences in that. Like, and like we can go through this whole thing. Like there's a reason why the Diaz brothers were always mad because they were, they were always, we're doing everything that everybody expects us to do for our, for our brand, but nothing is coming as a reward. So fuck everybody. And like, fuck you and fuck the UFC and fuck the fight game and all this bullshit. Cause it's, it's just, it's not, there's no breaks in it for us. So what's the point? Why are we killing ourselves over this? You know what I mean? So like, I get it. I get it. And like, and it's, It's so hard to have the honest conversation because especially in today's time with social media, it's so easy for just the trolley bots to get involved. But also with social media today, I feel like it's so easy for things to jump immediately to the radical reaction. It's never just... Like, when the first two comments, it's like, the first one is just, that's bullshit. She should be making at least, you know, 50, 60, because that's what these fighters deserve for for their hazard for what they're doing and how much they sacrifice. The very next comment was just, well, if she wanted to make, you know, lots of money, then maybe she wouldn't be a fighter, and that's her choice, and she shouldn't be doing it. And it's just, yeah, it's just... You, you immediately jump to the polar sides of the conversation. It's just, right, we can get to those polar sides eventually, but you can't start there because there's going right. to be no rational reasoning to come to a a centrist kind of viewpoint on fighter pay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think yep. this is a great example of just everything that's going on and that's wrong right now with, with uh, this country, at least, with the radical jumps Always, immediately, with everything. And it has to be the far side. And it has to be this outside. And this side is the only answer. It's just, no. There's a lot of factors. I think Jesse Jess, for example, should have gotten Fight of the Night. Why? It's because she fucked this girl up in spectacular fashion twice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. But they gave it to the guy who came in last minute notice and got a submission win, which is a nice finish, too, right? But that's all subjective, right? And also, there's bias. I'm a big fan of Jesse Jess as an individual. You know, as a, mm. as a fighter, I'm a fan. But it's just when you see an athlete on TV, like a UFC fighter, the number one promotion, and they're posting pictures of, I have $15.75 in my checking account. Or you have fighters like, um uh, what was it? I think it was Carla Esparza. I think it was her. When she won a Harley Davidson for like an event, she had to sell it because she was saying like, I don't get paid enough to like afford rent <laughs> yeah. and like my food. So I sold the bike cause I decided it's better if I don't keep it. Cause then I have to pay insurance on it and shit. I can just sell it and then I can just like hitch rides or whatever, or drive my old, you know, like 95, whatever, or something like whatever budget move she made. She did that instead in order to, to make ends meet. And she was a woman's champion. She was a woman's, um, a straw weight champion. And that's what she got. But that also goes back to the conversation of, and this is the same thing with Demetrius Johnson. Well, that's because that, that weight class doesn't pull the views. Yeah. Right? And that comes into play. It's just, well, what's your worth on the market? Right? Like, what are your thoughts when you see some a fighter, a professional fighter, in the number one promotion on the planet? The biggest promotion of all time. The most popular promotion of all time in the fight game one of their fighters is posting a $15.75 checking statement. Yeah, that's that's tough. And and it's like you were
1: saying before, you're making a point like, well, you know, then get yourself out there and get sponsorships, which isn't easy for people who aren't heavily promoted. And so it's like, well, how long is that 15 bucks and change going to last her? You know, like, what is what else do you do for money at that point? Do you just start, like... Selling your shit. I mean, how how I wonder how is it? Did she just started
0: selling? Right, her shit. <laughs> she was selling yeah, the fight I gear. Mean, she was selling the the bike that she won in a fight competition. Like she was just selling stuff. She was like, "Well, get rid of my
1: stuff." It's almost like Mike Perry just did the right thing. I mean, not only to get rid of the mental aspect of having people tell him what to do when he's the one in the cage, but also that's. More money he's saving, yeah. When it's just him and his girl <laughs> going going down to do their thing, you know, like uh, I don't know, man. I mean,
0: it's hard. It's really hard because because on one hand you're like, that's what I mean about the trying to keep the the political bureaucracy of it out because it's it's almost like a microcosm of of society where it's you have the top earners and you have the non top earners but in this case which is weird is everybody does the same job it's just some people have something that like they get more finishes or they get more submission finishes or they get more decision wins and how does that determine like your your value and your worth and some people look better than others so it's like you have a somebody who's really handsome or really pretty and they can sell easier or they can market themselves to other things easier. Like there's a whole bunch of different factors. And I know, I know that a big conversation, a big, a big, um, justification of this is, well, that's how the market works. Like that's how business works. Yeah, And I get that, but I don't know. It's just, I feel like when it's, it's when it's a business, it's an organization, that's worth billions of dollars. It's it's just weird to me that we can't give them, you know, like we can't give them something that's somewhat normal when it comes to uh I don't know. Like like imagine if everybody was getting paid like not baseball players, but getting paid like major league athletes, like what they technically are. Like imagine them getting paid like professional athletes. I think mm-hmm you may see a huge difference also in individual performance if everybody can afford the coaching and nutrition that they need, right? Right. Like, it helps that if you move to Vegas and you, and you as a UFC fighter, you can just use the PI, the Performance Institute, for free, which is great, but then it's just, well, uproot your life and go. It goes back to the same thing of, well, if you really wanted to make money, you shouldn't be a fighter. It's like, well, if you really wanted to save money, you would just move your, your life to Vegas and just get the PI for free for training and nutrition because they'll feed you. It's like... right Which
1: already isn't cheap to begin with.
0: Well, yes, but also just that's that's accounting for nothing about being a person. So let's say you were from, I don't know, let's say you're from Philly. You're from Philadelphia. Okay. Your whole family's in Philadelphia. You've been fighting out of Philadelphia. You have this opportunity to to save... Let's say twelve to fifteen thousand dollars on training costs by moving to Vegas in the PI. Let's say you have a dog. Let's say you have a significant other who works in Philadelphia. Let's say you have your family and extended family in the surrounding area in Pennsylvania. It's just, is it reasonable to tell them just just leave your family? Like leave everything. Like there's no need to stay there, right? Because we're going to give you the free PI stuff. So we'll just you should just leave, just move.
1: Yeah, they're going to try to instill it in you. Like, well, if you're really hungry for it, exactly, you would just get up and do it. That's that's
0: business. (laughs) That's business. And then that's how the UFC can protect themselves. Well, you know, we pay fighters what they're worth based on, like, market share, but also we give fighters a lot. We give fighters the opportunity to make lots of money. Look at Conor McGregor. He's got lots of money. Look at Stipe. He's got lots of money. Look at... DC, he's got lots of money. Look at uh look at all these fighters that get to train and eat for free and get free physical therapy and everything else at our four million dollar performance institute here in Vegas. All they have to do is just come out here. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. It's just right, you, mm-hmm. you keep giving caveats. It's like, yeah, there's caveats. And again, I understand the argument that this is how just this is how that the business works. Right? But at the same time, I don't know, man when when you see somebody who's been putting their life and their health into something like this, not like, Oh, I'm just picking up boxes all the time, you know, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm working in shipping and receiving. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it beats me down. It does 100%. Not the same as doing a MMA camp three times, yeah. three times a year. Not the same as that. 100% not the same as that. And they're, yeah. and they're making less. They're making less than somebody shipping and receiving. <laughs> I mean, not everybody, of course, but I don't know. I, I, I just wish that circumstances could be better for professional fighters.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely not boxing money.
0: That's for sure. Well, I mean, prelim boxers don't make a lot of money. They'll make like 10 and 10. Yeah. But like the money jumps pretty significantly. Yeah. But you got to be good. That's kind of what it is, which is with anything, right? Like you got to be good. So I don't yeah, know. I don't know for sure. It's it's a it's an issue that we're definitely not going to solve. Yeah, you and I will not be solving the issues of fighter pay. <laughs> oh God, no. Um,
1: I wanted to get your opinion, um,
0: on the whole Donald Cerrone thing, cowboy, about the post fight about the about the decision of a majority draw or the buddy buddy stuff.
1: You know, it's it's more of a what's your opinion on his Or his COVID stance. His <laughs> no, no, on his uh his mental health. His outlook on you know what? Whether I win or lose, I'm just gonna get in there, do what I gotta do. Um I mean he was I mean, he was on a rise at one point. And he was then, on a rise multiple points multiple points but then it kind of he, you know he started losing and this one happened to be a draw Um, but it was just one of those things where you know he mentioned taking time off just to clear his head although he said it right there and then like no this isn't a retirement announcement I'm not I'm definitely not going to retire anytime soon but I just need time to clear my clear my mind and really think about
0: you know, I mean, he he did say he did say. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel now. I could see a time where I'm not fighting. And I think his second kid is driving that home faster than I think he expected. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I just excuse me. Cerrone's always been inconsistent, right? So, like, well, I'm looking at his stats right now. Leon Edwards beat him on June 23rd, 2018 by decision victory. Uh, Donald Cerrone then tapped out uh, Mike Perry. November, yep, 10, right. November in 2018, he then beat the shit out of Hernandez uh, yep. in January 19th, 2019. Um, he then beat uh, Ayakinta uh, in May of 2019. He then lost to Tony Ferguson, as we all saw in 2019, with the that vicious fucking cut. Uh, yep. He then lost to Justin Gaethje in 2019 in September. Um, same thing, like KO, TKO, um, and that was the one where Gaethje got pissed at the ref because he downed Cerrone. And then he backed off because he knew Cerrone was down and out. He was like, yeah. he's done. And the refs jumped in and didn't call it. And, Ga- and Gaethje looks at him and goes, are you serious? And then he, like, taps Cerrone again. And then finally, like, the ref calls it. And Gaethje, I think Gaethje was swearing at him. He was like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, it doesn't help that they're friends. It doesn't help that they have history together as being buddies. Um, so that doesn't help at all. But Gaethje was just, what are you doing? Like, he's down. Like he's not getting back up like you saw how he dropped like he punched him he crumpled and then he landed like on his arms and then he didn't move yeah and then gaitchie was fine fuck anyways um and then we had the big cerrone versus conor mcgregor fight which we all saw how that went down in the first 40 seconds and then cerrone lost to tony pettis um anthony pettis uh in may of 2020 um and now Cerrone versus uh, Nico Price, and it was a uh, majority uh, draw. So,
1: which he says he's he's considering this a loss, although it was a draw. Yeah, he goes, you know, next time I I like I need to go in there with the mindset like I'm fighting for my job because. It he goes. I consider this my fifth loss. I mean, clearly, like you said, he's he's got his his. You know, his personal life, new kid, you know, but we're we're starting to see a, a decline with him. And he's another one, just a veteran, been in the game for many years. Yeah. Although, you know what? Anytime he fights, it sells. But, you yeah. know, it, it's one of those things where they would have to ask Dana, like, what are his thoughts? Because it's like with... uh Uh, Like the Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fight. Yeah. He's like, listen, Chuck's my friend. He's retired. Like, he's up there in age. Like, I don't want him to fight. Like, I wonder if he would, if him and Dana would ever have that conversation. Like, listen, dude, like, although you you sell
0: tickets, like, I'm actually concerned. I think Dana steps in when he thinks it's time. And I think with Cerrone, I think he respects him a lot for what Donald's done for the company. You know, anytime, anywhere, he shows up, he always says he's in. He always saves the card. He always is willing. He he does everything that's asked of him. Um, I think Dana has a long leash with, or he has a long leash with Dana, where Dana is kind of like, we owe this guy, in a way. I think if Dana was concerned, he would come out like he did with uh, Woodley and just say, I think he should retire in a press conference because he did that with Woodley when they said what did you think about that fight and he was just I think Woodley's done <laughs> I think I don't think wow. Woodley has it anymore I think Woodley needs to retire he needs to consider wow. that um, he hasn't said that about Cowboy the thing that's most disappointing about Cowboy is every time Cowboy's had the big moment he he can't perform in it and he knows that but a Cowboy who didn't shrink in those moments would be champion because he has the physical ability he has the skill set yeah. He or he did at least. He doesn't have the mental aspect to be the champion, I think. And that's the thing that sucks because he's deserving of it. Um I really think this second kid ac- accelerates his his career's end. I think he would rather be he even said it in that interview I sent you where he was just, Yeah, I wanna get home with my kid and just hang out with my kids for the rest of the year, man. I don't wanna I don't want to miss them. And then you saw Nico break down. Nico price. Yeah. has Five fucking kids. Yeah. You know? Jesus Christ. Put on a rubber. Um, <laughs> you like that's gets expensive, man. Like, I, I mean, I don't have a kid and I don't plan on having a kid, but from the general math that I could just pull out of the air for supplies for a kid <laughs> just to survive, not even considering future savings and like account setups and like future events for them. Um, fuck, yeah, that's and multiply that by five, yeah, I'm not, I ain't making money like that. <laughs> um, I think the two kids accelerate Cerrone saying,' you know what, I think I'm done. I think he starts fighting less frequently because it takes him away from his kids, so I think I think we're gonna see a, a slow uh, like a slow uh, and a slow increase of inactivity for cowboy. I think cowboy. I mean I think he'll still always say yes to a degree but I think he's going to start slowing down his response to those phone calls if I had to guess based off of mm-hmm. his latest answer. But yeah, who knows? I mean the day that GSP is officially done, the day that Luke Rockhold's done, the day that oh man, the day that Khabib is done, the day that Cowboy's done and Anthony Pettis is done, that's a different generation man. A, a, imagine a UFC without a lot of those guys like those those guys defined a, a, a like a attitude era in a way yeah you know what i mean but they're all near they're all nearing mid 30 at least so yep so yeah i don't know why what do you think what do you think about this Ronnie situation <sighs> i just think
1: you know, it's, it's amazing and going, you know, bringing this up again, Dana definitely has his favorites. And I feel like when a fighter loses so many times and you can see whether or not there is a spark, you could tell when a fighter is just doing a lot of talking, but not truly showing it, you know? And, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like, Cerrone is one of those guys where I get it. He's he's done a lot for the company, like you said, and Dana, I'm sure, loves the dude, but he's just one of those guys where it's going to be a tough discussion or a decision on Dana's part to just force the guy to retire. I don't know. Honestly,
0: I, th- I don't know. I, I think I think Cowboy will... I th- I can see Cowboy losing badly and then just being like, that's it. I can see that. I can see him getting like, KO'd. And just saying, you know what, yeah. man? I'd rather be with my kids. This is it. I want to be home with my family. It's more fun on my ranch. I want to have my health going forward. I've put in enough wars. I've been paid well. I'm ready. I could see that. That's the thing. I, could, I, 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 I see, mean, I could see that abruptly happening in just one night.
1: Exactly. I, I mean, this might be exaggerating, but I honestly see him doing one fight next year and one fight just one and then i mean he's taking the rest of he's taking the rest of the year off we're talking about a guy who will fight do a fight whether he wins or loses and then gets a phone call in the next two weeks he's gonna fight again you know what i mean like we're talking about a guy who will take anything short notice he'll fight within the next month after he had just fought you know I mean, the guy has a lot of heart. He has passion, but for him to straight up say, you know what? I'm taking the rest of the year off. And I get it. There's also stuff going on in the world as well. But I mean, when he says he has a lot to think about, I think it's more than just the fighting game and about a different tactic that he's going to use for the next time. I honestly think he's going to use this time to really think about his situation I think he's got one more in him. Um, And if he loses that one, I think, you know what? I'll even go as far as saying whether he wins or loses, I think that's that. And I think it'll be a good move. You know what? That dude's going to make it to the Hall of Fame, anyways. Yeah. He's an entertaining fighter. I mean, out of all the times he's lost, you know, it's like the crowd still loves him. Like, he's just one of those guys. Like, no matter what the outcome is, Everybody has so much love for that guy. Yeah. He's unique like that. There's not a lot of guys like that. Right. I mean, he doesn't have the most impressive record at the moment, like win-to-loss ratio. No,
0: he lost, like, the past four of his fights.
1: Yeah. But, again, he's just one of those guys where it's like you can't hate him. So. Yeah. He's a genuine guy. I I, I think 2021 is going to be his final year
0: that I like that call. I like that judgment call. I don't, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's got one fight left. I think he's got maybe three fights left, but I do agree with the statement that 2021 is the, is the last year.
1: Maybe he'll finish off the year. Maybe yeah. he'll do
0: three fights next year. Like one, Okay. one before spring, one in summer, one in winter. And I think he's done. That's what I think.
1: I'll agree to that.
0: Yeah, but that's a good call because I do agree. I do think 2021 is a good is a good uh, estimate for him calling it quits. Um, yeah. Speaking of calling it quits, it's time. That is it. I don't wanna. I don't wanna cut off your uh, your edit time, bro. You got some editing to do, don't you? Way too much editing. 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 Uh, for those wondering what he's editing, you should check out his uh, channel on YouTube microscopic and you should see what uh what he posts. perhaps some interesting footage of war
1: zone <laughs> uh,
0: maybe it, maybe it involves me maybe it involves uh dubsey over here lieutenant dubs yeah and <laughs> cadet microscopic. yes i love that dude that's perfect lieutenant dubs and cadet microscopic yeah you, that's 100 percent it that's 100 percent it um. All right. Good talks. Great talks. A very yeah, MMA man. UFC heavy uh episode, but um, we caught up on a lot of things. I feel, and uh, we'll touch base after we see the uh, Izzy and Paulo Costa fight this week. Yes. So we'll see. Uh, yes. We'll see how that goes down in fashion. Um. So yeah. All right. Good talks, my dude. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.